This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast is emotions. So what are these things called emotions? Well, at their core, emotions are a physiological response to stimuli that enable humans to react to the events of biological or individual significance. From an evolutionary perspective, these physiological responses promoted survival behavior of the individual or the group. Emotions are short-lived, usually lasting only for about 15 seconds. They can survive longer than that if we cultivate them. That is, if we dwell upon them. Think about this again from an evolutionary perspective. Emotions are a response to external stimuli. Emotions lasting too long would affect perception and put us at risk for other external events. Moods are emotional states that last longer. With moods, there is sometimes choice involved. We choose the thoughts upon which we dwell. We get to determine the movie that plays in our head. There's a saying, beware of the second arrow. The first arrow is when a negative or hurtful incident occurs and a negative emotion arises. The second arrow is the negative emotion that arises every time you think about that incident. For example, if somebody insults you, you feel badly. Now every time you think about that incident, you're insulted again and you feel badly again. If you keep thinking about it, you will keep being insulted and feeling badly. You cannot choose what you feel. However, you can choose what you think about. Now, affect is the term used to refer to the outward expression of emotions. It's how your emotions are displayed. Temperament is a predisposition to think, respond, and interpret events in certain ways. For example, You could have a grumpy temperament, a happy temperament, a fiery temperament, or an easygoing temperament. Temperament is part of one's personality, and it's a product of one's experiences and genetic factors. So, emotions. Let's take a look at emotional disorders. In educational settings, emotions are sometimes determined to be out of order. The Emotional Behavioral Disorder, EBD, that label is given to these students. They're then put in a, into the special education system. However, once in the system, the focus is rarely on the emotion. It's almost always on the behavior. Here, unwanted behaviors are identified and special plans are written up. These special plans are called Positive Behavior Interventions and Supports, or PBIS. PBIS is a behavioral approach for addressing behaviors, but not emotions. As part of PBIS, research-based strategies are implemented with fidelity to make unwanted behaviors go away and desired behaviors appear. Fidelity means that the research-based strategies are uniformly applied to all students in exactly the same way, regardless of their particular need 
or circumstances. Rewards are then given for the desired behaviors and data are collected. Of course, one of the problems with this approach is that the focus is on the behavior and not on the emotions behind the behavior. Now, this is not to say that PBIS is not effective in some cases. It is. It provides a scaffold to enable some students to focus on appropriate behaviors. But it is simply one tool among many. It's not the only tool to use, and it's not the best tool to use in all situations. And when it is used, it should be flexibly applied, flexibly applied, not used with fidelity. That way it can best meet the needs of each individual student. So, educational disorders. Oftentimes, the EBD label is given to children who are suffering from trauma, stress, neglect, abuse, or worse. However, their negative behaviors may be very appropriate responses to negative situations. The EBD label is also sometimes given to children with a mental health condition. So now the student has two problems. The initial problem that caused the negative behaviors and now the stigma of having a special education label attached to him or her. Students who are given an EBD label are often given another label, learning disability, LD. However, think about this. If a student is continually frustrated and humiliated by an inability to learn, that student is going to be more apt to display negative behaviors. Again, negative behavior is sometimes an appropriate response to a negative situation. Try to imagine your own feelings when you were frustrated or humiliated or when you couldn't do something. Now consider a struggling reader. Since reading is such a prominent part of our K-12 educational system, students who are struggling readers often fail in a very public way every day and they're constantly reminded of their failures. And they are sometimes called lazy for not getting their homework completed, even though it takes them two hours to read an assignment that it might take 20 minutes for a classmate to read. So here is the question. Here is a riddle for you. When is a learning disability or an emotional behavioral disorder really a teaching disability or an educational disorder? Answer, when we try to make the student fit the program instead of making the program fit the student. This has been the Reading Instruction Show. We've been talking about emotions.